I would have given up anything in my prior life to have that feeling of love, literally. I, I gave away pieces of myself just to get small snippets of that feeling, you know, like temporary experiences of feeling loved, um, sacrificing pieces of myself. And that felt like a worthy exchange. But now nothing, because I'm much more aware that fulfillment and love are not found outside. They're found inside of me and found in my um, spiritual stability and my, you know, um, experience of the world around me more so than coming from somewhere. So yeah. Life gives you two choices when it throws everything at you. You can let it swallow you whole or you take those lemons. And as the old saying goes, you turn it into sweet, delicious lemonade. And that's exactly what this podcast is all about. Welcome to Lemonade. I'm your host, Elizabeth O'Neill, and I'll be sharing the incredible stories from inspiring people who've turned the hardest times in their life, their lemons, into lemonade. Because we all want to know how they did it, the lessons they learnt, and what life is like sipping limoncello on the other side. Let's get juicing. Barry, it's another juice episode. How the bloody hell are you? Oh, happy it's spring. Happy it's nearly the fucking end of 2021. Oh my god! <laughs> I feel like we're having this conversation the exact same time last year. We're like, yeah. oh, we're between. <laughs> I know, and everything's going to be so much better. And like, new year, new me. <laughs> yeah, and it's just going to be such a different year to the last year. Lol. No, we are still in no. lockdown in Melbourne. It is still the I same know. thing. Even yeah, New Zealand's gone backwards and it's, it's just, just all not a great year. We had an earthquake. We had an <laughs> earthquake. Just oh, it was stop laughing so... at your stories. Well, I always think that Kiwis will see those and be like, you think that's an earthquake? This is an earthquake. It was so frightening and I'm becoming that. It's very dramatic. It was very dramatic. I kept saying Melbourne is being extremely dramatic at the moment. And it was just like, I'm becoming that quintessential Melbourne that Melbourneian that's just like telling everybody what I did during the earthquake and every like, and you say it to other people and everyone's like, Oh my God, well, this is my story during the earthquake. So anyway, my story during the earthquake, because I'm sure all listeners want to know. Again. So, so and yeah, again, an hour earlier, Ollie and I had been speaking about mother chucking That's earthquakes right, yeah. and I was like, don't worry, Ollie. Cause I saw him getting a little bit scared by them. I'm like, don't worry. Melbourne never has earthquakes. You don't have to worry about them. And an hour later, we're in this very room that I'm recording in and I'm getting ready and the whole house starts shaking. And I'm like, first I thought it was a freight train. Then I remembered I don't live near a train line. And then I thought it was a massive truck. (laughs) It's funny the things that your mind goes to. Yes, because it goes to the most logical options. Like that's more logical than it being an earthquake. And then I realized within, this is all within a second or two that it was an earthquake. And my whole upstairs is shaking. I could hear all the glassware rattling. And I just chucked Ollie into this cupboard that's to my right, my, where all my pants are hanging. Because I just vaguely remember in school being taught that you had to get under something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I just threw him in there. And I'm just standing on the outside with my arms, like barricading him in with these wide eyes, just staring at him like this. And then he's just staring back at me with these huge, big, wide eyes. And then he's like, what's going on? And I'm like, I think it's an earthquake. And I was like, I cannot believe. And I just was thinking, I cannot believe we are speaking about this an hour earlier. And now, right now, there's an earthquake. 
but also like Melbourne, you are being extremely dramatic right now. Like so dramatic. <laughs> so so but the funniest drama. thing I have to say was your picture of the coat hangers in disarray. <laughs> yeah, all the coat hangers were down, obviously, because I chucked them in and then because I'm obviously so We funny. both popped out earthquake cherries this year because I had my first one. And it's so funny that you say, you know, your mind goes to the most logical, which is actually the most illogical yeah, reasoning. Because yes. when we had our earthquake, it was two o'clock in the morning and Steve thought that gang members had surrounded <laughs> our camper van and were shaking it. And I believed him. I didn't question yeah. it. I was like, oh my God, they're here. They've come to get us. But that was both of our logic. <laughs> I assume you guys just lived on earthquake. Yeah, not my part of the country in New Zealand. And then I've been living in Australia for 12 years before I lived. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But my part of New Zealand's not on a fault line at all. So, yeah. So, (laughs) we just had no idea what the (laughs) fuck was happening. It was absolutely frightening. But then, gang members and freight trains. (laughs) Great. Obviously, the only two logical solutions. But it was funny, like the response I went into. Obviously, I knew we were safe. But the resp- I went into a freeze response for about 45, 50 minutes. Okay. And I just sat there, like, frantically texting everybody I knew. While if it was a tsunami, was you'd be dead. I just couldn't move, though. I was just, like, completely in a freeze response where I was just, like, I'm so overwhelmed that I don't know what to do. Because I, it, yeah. I was really scared. And then um, I just put on Shake It Off by Taylor Swift because I had to get ready for work. And I was like, come on, Ollie, we've just got to move our limbs and get feeling back into our limbs. I can just imagine you reading the news straight after that if you hadn't done that. Um, hey, I Melbourne. Did. I did. I did. And I almost wanted to add in, this is my experience with the earthquake. And I remember that I'm not paid for my thoughts. I'm paid to just read what's in front of me. Anyway... Well, how many minutes was that? I hope you enjoyed those tales. I do feel like the earthquakes, there must be some kind of like symbolic, like spiritual meaning to them though. It's some kind of like uprooting of foundations or Mm. something shaking you, you know, awake in some sense, maybe. It just feels like this whole collective energy that's going on in Melbourne. It's like, of course there's an earthquake. It it almost seems like it was completely Mm. in place with, where melbourne is currently the energy so yeah true although Mm. i really is it i really want another one to happen like not a bad one it's so exciting it's so exciting but now i feel like i'm ready like if it were to happen again i'd just be like oh no it's like a comeback you know when you're having an argument with someone and then you think you can't think of a really clever comeback and then later on you and you're like damn it i need that conversation (sighs) to have again so i can can say my clever comeback and that would be me yeah yeah you're right I'd freak out again, wouldn't I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll just go with that. Yeah. So much more interesting. Okay. Anyway, earthquake okay. chat aside, do you have any recommendations of any kind for our listeners? Um, I, yeah, I do. Because I just watched this documentary the other day and it was so, so profound. I watched it with Bo and it's called Transhood. Oh, yeah, uh, it's on Neon here in New Zealand. So I'm not sure what it would be. I'm guessing, do you have Stan? Is it Stan in Australia? Yeah. Yep. So I'm guessing that Stan usually has the same programs that Neon has. Uh, and it was just so amazing. It follows these four children who are transgender over a period of five years. And the children range from uh, four years old to, I think it was 16. And it was just so moving and mm. so... Uh, beautiful and it just sparked really good conversation with Bo because I'm you know I I feel like it's my responsibility as a parent uh to 
like I was saying in my post as well that I just feel like tolerance is not even an acceptable goal anymore and to move towards normalization I think it's important to expose them because where I live we don't have a lot of chance to interact Mm. um, with you know much diversity at all really Uh, it might help if I left the house every now and then But it was just, yeah, just spark great conversation with him. You know, I want him to feel like he has freedom of expression with us and understand, you know, that it, this may or may not be his experience going through life or now, um, even now, but I want him to have some context. If, if he does have these feelings or thoughts come up about his own identity, whether that's um, gender fluidity or omnisexuality, and or if he comes into contact with people mm. who are having that experience so anyway highly recommend beautiful documentary very heartwarming um and great to watch with your kids what a beautiful recommendation oh thanks hmm, i love that i just finished reading ghost by Go- uh ghost by dolly alderton which i mm. loved so much and i think like everybody in their 30s should read it when i say what it's about it sounds like it's going to be like one of those like kind of trashy like teen reads but it's not like that at all it is it's a year in the life of a woman who turns 32 i think and then what happens in that year um in relation to her both her dating life but also her family and career and everything and it's just i think it's just so relatable particularly if you're a woman in your 30s and especially so if you're a woman in your thirties and you're dating and you're single, it is just so, she just hits the mark a thousand times over. And there were so many lines, you know, when you read a book and there's so many, there's a line lines that you read that you have to literally stop because you have to absorb it in because it was just so. Mm-hmm. I just, felt like that with Glenn and Doyle. Uh, Glenn and Doyle. Glenn and Doyle sometimes. <laughs> yes, I got that too. And I just, or it'd make you like a little bit teary or something because it just hit so deep. And I just was like, I wish I could write like her, but yes, it was amazing. And I highly recommend that. And it was an easy read too. You know, you weren't feeling like you had to, you know, you could finish it at the, you know, read it at the end of the day and feel like you're still unwinding. But um, yeah, it was really great. So that's my recommendation. Oh, I'm going to add that to my very, add very, it. very long TBR list. Uh, add it. Please add it. Okay. Well, without right. further ado, should we do, this is our second episode of the new I format. I feel butterflies like it's in my stomach. <laughs> I feel like this is going to be like, I don't know, 12 episodes of doing this. And we're going to be like the new formats here, guys. <laughs> The new format's here. I hope you're all loving the new format. I'm just going to be like, it's not a new format. This is like the 12th episode. You've been doing it for two years now. (laughs) Find a new format. Anyway, so if you didn't listen to our first new juice format, we are asking one, we've got a random generator and we are asking one another extremely vulnerable questions and just Mm -hmm. seeing where the conversation leads. Um, We've got, we've probably got time to ask each other about two each because then I have to go to work. So (laughs) two each. Um, and yeah, shall we get started? Who wants okay, to go first? am I asking? I'll ask you first. All right. Here we let go. Let me find the gin. Let me find the gin. Okay. Draw now. Oh, I feel nervous. <laughs> what is the most ridiculous thing you've done to please people? <laughs> oh. I have all these sexual things in my hair right now. Yeah, I knew I could tell you had that Scorpio look across your face. <laughs> Okay, so I just cut out a big pause, just so you all know. And then I said, I'm just trying to think of a diplomatic way to say this. And Monique said, just say it. No diplomacy. So um, I think over the years I have um, my people-pleasing behaviour has been in full swing in terms of my co-parenting relationship. 
mm. which is why I was trying to be diplomatic. <laughs> um, that triggered all the people-pleasing behaviour with him and um, his side of the family as well because I desperately didn't want to let that side of my life go for so many years. Um, and it was so incredibly important to me that they were in my life and what they thought of me as well was in, of paramount importance. So I used to um, do a lot of things to try and uh, do a lot of things and say a lot of things to be seen in a certain light because I wanted to always be viewed as a great mother and a great person. And obviously nobody is all those things all the time. So that pressure upon myself to be that all of the time was extremely high. And if ever there was any disappointment in me or people were unhappy with me, I took it really, really badly um, because oh, it would just, it would hurt so much because I'd been mm. trying so hard to be perfect and be a perfect co-parent and be a perfect mother um, and keep everybody happy all of the time. And it was absolutely exhausting exhausting was that the question so what have you done what's ridiculous yeah so I think that and I spent a good three years particularly with my co-parent bending over backwards and doing things all the time to make sure he was included and happy and even if that was to um, sacrificing my own needs and wants and even my son's needs and wants as long as he was Mm. being kept happy because then if he was happy then we were all happy um yeah. So I think, and, and there was a good few years of that behavior and it took a very good therapist to make me aware of that behavior. And then once she made me aware of that behavior, it took a very a long few months for me to actually do anything to mm. address that behavior. Because sometimes you can be aware of it, but you still don't have the tools or the resources or the Mm, energetic capacity to actually to do it anyway so I used to be like oh she's not going to be happy when I tell her I've done this or I've said this or I've bent over but even that's the people pleasing thing (laughs) like I got it totally (laughs) totally um and then you know when it all fell apart very spectacularly of course, a therapist would never say, I told you so, but it was kind of just like, you know, this is what we've been working towards. You know, this was always, mm. it was always on the horizon. So um, then there was a very t- deep mourning or period of mourning last year when I um, had to realize I had to let go of a lot of behaviors and a lot of things that I was doing and ways that I was behaving as a response to keep me safe, essentially, you know, Mm. that's where it's all coming from. It was a response to try and keep me safe, to make sure nothing changes, to make sure that um, my surroundings are familiar, to make sure that I'm still in control because ultimately people pleasing is control because you're trying to control Mm. everyone's opinions around you of you. Um, Whereas if you don't care what people think about you, you're not interested in people pleasing them. Whereas, yeah, that's what people. And even controlling your own experience, because Mm. if you keep things the same, then you know, the outcome. So you know how you're going to feel about it. Even if the feeling that, you know, you're going to get is shitty, at least that's familiar. At least I know what it is rather than Mm -hmm. the unknown and the uncertainty. So yes, I think that's my biggest example of that. Oh man, that's so much more insightful than anything. Oh, Well, I'm glad. 
I'm glad insightful Elizabeth is back because I did not feel it at the start of the episode. And by the way, I should actually say that my son is just upstairs and the door is open, obviously. So if you, if listeners, Monique, if you can hear noises coming from upstairs, a kid playing bangs, it's him. And he might come in at one point. So just letting you all know that. Okay. I'm picking a question for you. Okay. Oh God. I actually oh. have to say, Oh I'm no. Don't. Oh, all right. What would be the one thing you'd be willing to give up just to be loved? Oh, (laughs) what is one thing I would be, nothing, like literally nothing. Mm. I don't know. I can't think of anything, but the immediate thing to come to me is that is nothing. Like if I have to give something up, not love, right? Then it's not love. Mm. And then also this idea that fulfillment and love is out there in the material world and not inside of me. Yeah. Um, what about old Monique? What if I posed that to you before oh, you've done a lot of growth and work? Oh, she probably would have given up anything, everything. Um, I would say like my feeling of love for old Monique came hand in hand with a sense of belonging um, and feeling accepted and feeling like I belong somewhere and feeling like there's one person in the world that knows me and, you know, made me feel seen and accepted and whole and all of those things. And I would have given my, I would have given anything. I would have given up my career. I would have given up my money. I would have given up my family, I would have given up, you know, anything bar my son. Um, I would have given up anything um, in my prior life to have that feeling of love. Literally. I, I gave away pieces of myself just to get small snippets of, of that feeling, you know, like temporary experiences of feeling loved, um, sacrificing pieces of myself. And that felt like a worthy exchange, but now nothing, because I'm much more aware that fulfillment and love are not found outside they're found inside of me and found in my um, spiritual stability and my you know um, experience of the world around me more so than coming from somewhere so yeah that's my answer I think that's such a word this is such a worthy question and a response because it's just so common for women Mm. to give up a big piece of themselves for to thinking that they're found love and I got I can think of a I would have done well, that settling so many times. For least sacrificing yes yeah. yeah, sacrificing settling for mediocrity like this is good enough yeah um, and I think that's what I would have I would definitely would have done before I'm like this is good enough yeah um, I did that I feel like I did that every time it was always like this doesn't quite feel that good but the other stuff is pretty good so let's just yeah ignore let's just that. ignore yeah yeah let's just ignore and act like yeah. that's not part of the picture and I yeah. feel like that's why it's almost hard to date and find someone good once you've done a certain level of self-development because all of a sudden you're not yeah. sacrificing and you're not putting up with things I think something that just came to me though is that like the harmful part of that well not harmful but the opposite side of that is sometimes I have to make sure that I'm not erring on the side of, I don't need anybody because yeah. fulfillment is within me. You know, my teacher always says to me, you know, I always quote, quote her, 
but she always says to me, like, you find fulfillment within yourself and then you take it on an excursion, which means then you make it relevant in the world. And so I don't want to hoard that fulfillment and hoard that love that I found within myself. You, you still want to go and experience and share love mm. with other people, but it's not necessarily found in anybody else. So the opposite side of that question is that making sure that I'm not erring on the side of, I don't need anybody. Mm. Um, does that make Jeez. sense? Yes. It makes so much sense. I'm just thinking about what you said because it landed. I definitely, I feel like the pendulum swung absolutely for me where it's mm. like, I don't need anyone. There's hyper-independence. Yeah. Um, I sometimes think feel relief almost because if someone was in my space, I think I'd find that too much. I yeah. didn't want like someone that crowds me or messages me too much or isn't around. But we've had this conversation too- before yeah. where I think for me, I definitely have to separate between I don't need anybody and um, the feeling of like being over needed, like feeling over needed, like everybody needs something of me yes. and I just want to have a little piece to myself. Um, so it's trying to find a balance. I mean, life is all about this like, strange idea of balance but it's all it's definitely a response isn't it to go from I guess being this as we're discussing a little earlier the people pleasing molding to fit somebody else's Mm -hmm. desires and needs and wants to the pendulum swing to the other side and being like no I am so who I am I'm not Mm -hmm. going to change for anybody else I don't want anybody else around stop needing me stop crowding me I don't need anyone I don't need no man like there has to be and I think you summed it up beautifully. There's, it has to be a little bit of middle ground between the two. And I feel like I'm certainly, I am certainly on the other end of the spectrum where it's just like, oh, the thought of someone needing me and I think wanting I'm, to be around really yeah. gives me anxiety, like makes me feel anxious. Yeah, I think I'm sort of more towards that end of the pendulum more so than feeling balanced and having this awareness. Like I probably, if I'm being honest, would say that I'm, yeah, leaning definitely towards hyper-independence. But I have that awareness. It's kind of what you were saying before. I have that awareness, but I don't necessarily have the tools or resources or to to sort of like bring myself somewhere into the Really, yes. Yeah. And and we don't really know that we have to do it until we're tested to do it as well. Like if we just are on our merry merry old way and nothing really changes and nothing really happens and no one enters our life that really tests that, we don't know that we really have to change it until an opportunity arises that makes us reassess yeah. that boundary. Yeah, I exactly. I was going to, I was just thinking like, I'm not, I don't think I have to do anything about it. I don't have to sit there and journal. Sometimes it's helpful. I don't have to sit there and journal and take these, you know, three step, you know, action mm, steps to yes. get into balance. I think that nature by nature, by its own nature, wants to balance itself out. And I feel like this is one of those things that when the situation presents itself, when it feels relevant to do so, it will just start to correct itself and ask me to show up in a way Mm. where I'm needing, you know, where that becomes, the action becomes very apparent rather than me needing to seek out what do I need to do to get there? Yes, well, what am I doing wrong? Like you have the, yeah. you have the awareness there. It's like, I don't understand. Yeah. 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 Jeez, yeah. So, I, mm, I feel like my words are failing me a little bit because I was up till 2 a.m. So. But I'm glad you're getting what I'm I understand. <laughs> I don't think they're failing you whatsoever. All right. Hit good. me. Oh, 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 your turn, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Did we ask this question last time? I'll ask it to you. Okay. Which one of your biggest flaws do you like? <laughs> the question. Which one of your biggest flaws do you like to rationalize the most? Do you like to rationalize the most? No, we didn't ask you didn't ask me this last time. <laughs> I feel like you have a very obvious response for me, but it's not coming to me. So I clearly, I have no self-awareness around this. <laughs> oh no. <I'm> perfect. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. It can't nothing be me. is wrong with me. <laughs> Literally nothing comes to mind. So, oh, I'm sorry. I can't answer that. Next question. Wait, what was it again? What is it actually? <laughs> okay, for people who understand astrology, I am a Taurus and I am a fixed sign. <laughs> so I think I'm right about everything. Monique is a Scorpio. She's a fixed sign. So we think we're right about everything. No we're one can perfect. tell us what to do. Yeah, like we will make the decision when we need to change and evolve. <sighs> Okay, so what, uh, what, can you repeat the question again? <laughs> which one of your biggest flaws do you like to rationalise the most? I can, I can ask another one. <laughs> nah, I think the one I try and rationalise the most is um, <laughs> Party Girl Elizabeth. Party Girl Elizabeth gets to rationalise a lot. It's like, I deserve it. Like it's time to let, you know, everyone else just, you know, gets to go out and have some fun and like, you know, I'm like single, like, you know, and I'm at home and like, I don't even have my, you know, my son's with his dad and like, what else am I supposed to do? Am I just just supposed to sit at home by myself and do nothing? That this party girl Elizabeth (laughs) took Probably, um, you know, like why not? Like we all need social outlets. Like sh- I should be able to just go and let my hair down and have some fun. Like don't judge me. Like I had a child when I was young. Like I'm giving you obviously all the reasons of why I justify my behavior. You know, like I had my baby when I was 26 in case you didn't know, like, you know, I've got life to still to be catching up on anyway. So I feel like that is the, my, the behavior that I rationalize the most. And then probably when I feel awful the next day, it's my body needed this rest. I needed to lie <laughs> down today. <laughs> my body has been calling me to rest. My body is telling me like, it's time just to slow down. You've been working. We'll start so again hard. tomorrow. Yeah. And then the next Tomorrow's day. Tomorrow's a fresh day. New, <laughs> new day, new me. Yes. And then the next day, because I'm old, it's like, oh, the next day is still it? the same day. And then the next day, and then it takes about four days. So... I, I totally feel it. The amount of bad behavior I justify with <laughs> myself. Yep. yep. Or bad By eating. telling myself I deserve it. Yep. Mine's deserve it. One's eating. not going to hurt. Yes. It's literally like I have a little voice on my shoulders <laughs> nudging me to do bad, bad girl things. <laughs> girl money. It's, yeah, and eating like you know, like crappy foods and stuff. Like, I know you shouldn't label mm-hmm. it, but you know, if you're eating well and you feel good, blah, 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 blah. But then mm-hmm. like, it's like, go on. Like, you know, you're in lockdown. It's been really hard mm-hmm. lately. You've been working so hard. You deserve all that, like all those chips and stuff. And like, I know I'm going to feel <laughs> so much worse after the chips, but the voice tells me like, you really deserve it. You've been working so hard. It's just a bag of chips. Don't worry about it. 
And then like my, I wake up and my eyes are all puffy and like my skin's like all gross. And I'm just like, I just, I didn't deserve that. So I think they're the behaviors, these really destructive behaviors that I'm extremely good at justifying and rationalizing. I love that yours, your go-to is chips and I'm thinking about dick. <laughs> <laughs> just one more time. It's not going to hurt. Yeah, that sums up a Taurus and that sums up a Scorpio, doesn't it? Okay, your question. <laughs> Mine is literally food. <laughs> okay. We've lost the plot in this one. Literally. Oh, my God. You're going to. Oh, oh no. One. Oh, okay. All right. This is the final one. What's I the most like toxic thing about yourself you actually kind of secretly like? <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd love this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so many. How do I pick? I knew you'd love it. <laughs> Honestly, like all my bad girl traits, I love all of them. I love every single one of them. Like what? Okay. This is so bad. Okay, I'm going to be honest. I love judging people. <laughs> Sometimes, okay, most of the time it doesn't feel that good. But every now and then, something, someone that behaves like a caricature of some fucking thing. God, I just love pulling them to pieces. <laughs> I feel like my words sometimes are like, I, I like feel really proud of like my ability to cut someone down with my words. That's probably my most toxic trait. That you say that I love. Yeah. It's like, I can see their weakness within them. This is so horrible. <laughs> I feel really funny. I feel like I'm doing something really bad right now, sorting a line of coke or something. <laughs> taking, taking my son for a drive while I'm freaking high on life. <laughs> but like, I feel like this is my super trait because I can use it for good or bad. This is my superhero power. Is that when I look at someone, I can see what both their strengths and their weaknesses are. So when I use it for bad, when I'm a villain... <laughs> I like hone in on that and pull it out of them and put it into my mouth and then like spit out this venom. really witty, sharp venom that just fucking, and I don't necessarily ever do it to their face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're sorry, Juice listeners. You come, um, to, this, <laughs> come to this episode to listen to, to Monique Barry, <laughs> like giving us her spiritual wisdom and I've, I've sold her to what you all as this woman who this guru who's changed my life and like I share her I, I bring her on to share her incredibly nice <laughs> with you all and you're acting, you're being subject to this it's like I'm outing myself I just love I'm just I just love that sometimes I'm a bitch and I love that people are scared of me I love that <laughs> I love that you're honest right now. Like this is what it's just, all about. And I feel like you just being honest like this will help people realize like uh, sometimes this spirituality game makes people think that they're, you've got to be this perfect and you of a spirituality. I'm definitely goddess. not that. <laughs> like people like, oh, when people meet me, they're like, oh, I thought you were so scary or intimidating. And I'm like, oh, of course I'm not like that. That's what I verbally say. But in my head, I'm like, yes, you're bitch. right. You're <laughs> right. <laughs> And I find it so empowering. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's just so many toxic traits that I actually have that I just, I love. And I don't know if this is a bad thing or a good thing because I see it as acceptance, but I love when someone comes to me with like a hidden secret thing. 
and I'm not like encouraging them to do bad things. Like if I felt like it was truly harmful, you know, like something that would get them, you know, really, really, really harm them spiritually. But if it's not, I love being like, just do it. <laughs> I'm never coming to you for advice. <laughs> if I led you astray. I hope you've all enjoyed Monique Barry on the juice. We're going to have another guru on next month. <laughs> One that doesn't encourage her people to do bad things. I know. Like I was literally talking to one of my friends the other night. She's like, I've been thinking about hooking up with this guy. I'm like, just do it. She's like, but I'm seeing this other guy. And I'm like, yeah, do him too. I do. No, I've just realized. You do do that. If I felt like honesty was the best policy in that situation, I was, yeah. So I feel like I'm encouraging and supportive and accepting, but then I'm also like, just, yeah, just be bad girl. Just embrace your bad girl vibes. (laughs) Oh dear. So that's me. (laughs) On that note, that was a wonderful one to finish on. We hope you enjoyed the first spiritual half of this podcast episode. (laughs) The second half was not that when I spoke about bad girl Bambi and you spoke about bad girl Moni (laughs) and all the toxic stuff that we justify in our heads. Um, After this, I'm going to just go and do a little palo simpo cleanse and put my my, um, little halo back on, straighten it up a little bit. Well, thank you so much. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Much again, my darling. Enjoy your week and we'll have you back on in a month. Fun, my girl.